Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. What a God. God what a God. You are a God that cannot be described. You are indeed indescribable. Oh, oh Jesus. What love. What love. What love. What love. This love it cannot be explained. Oh, Jesus. Yes. We have no words, so our heart will just sing to you. We have no words. We have no words. We have no words. That is why our heart will sing. Yes. so much for us and so our heart will just sing my heart sings oh 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 afternoon use me as a vessel and speak to us oh lord overlook my inadequacies and my weaknesses father i feel myself only as a vessel i am not worthy but lord such as you choose therefore lord use me this afternoon to speak to us in the name of jesus Oh 
Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give the Lord a clap offering with a shout of praise. Wonderful. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of God this afternoon? Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, let there be, if there are seats in front of you, I just want you to move forward, get closer. Please come closer. Don't leave any seat in front of you. Come closer to, come closer. It is always good to draw closer to the anointing. Hallelujah. It is always good to draw closer. Don't stay afar. Wonderful. Whenever there's an opportunity, always move closer. Wonderful. And then let there be stillness before the Lord. Amen. Well, we want to continue with um, the message that we've been sharing in these few weeks We've been talking about tithing, tithing, and um, we have shared so many things about tithing. We have talked a lot about tithing, and I believe that this is a message of breakthrough. Hallelujah. It is a breakthrough message. This is a message to your prosperity. Hallelujah. In Lighthouse, we do not talk about, we do not talk so much about prosperity and tell you God is going to give you this, God is going to give you that, you're going to drive a limousine to work and you're going to fly helicopter to work and you're going to own your own jet plane and so on and so forth. You see, we do not, we do not share things like that and we do not make proclamation to certain things like that because there is a path to such things. Hallelujah. There is a path to such things. And so if you are not following that path, if you are not on that path, no matter what proclamation, no matter what laying on of hands that will come upon you, you will not prosper. Hallelujah. You will not prosper. God is a God of principles. Amen. And there are certain spiritual principles that you have to follow. Amen. Some of you like to go to places where they will tell you your business is going to prosper. You know, your, 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 your profit is going to double this year. And they will tell you that you are going to receive promotion. You know, and you know that you are not doing anything that will call for this type of promotion. And you go and you want to receive such blessing. And so, we teach you, we teach you what you need to do to open this blessing upon your life. Hallelujah. Because there are certain things that if you do not do, you cannot open these blessings upon your life. Amen. And what we are sharing, what the things that we are talking about 
You see, you realize that if you are not very spiritual, if you are not spiritual, you cannot receive it. You cannot understand it. Amen. Because this path to prosperity is a very mysterious path. This path to prosperity, it does not conform to human wisdom. It does not conform to human understanding. It is not a worldly principle. Hallelujah. Worldly principle is that keep and hold what you have so that you will what? You will increase. Isn't that so? What the banks teach you is that put more into your saving. As you earn, put more into your saving and it will increase. Isn't that so? Or invest more into stocks and into bonds. And you will increase. I have tried that experiment personally. I tried that experiment. And if you want to challenge after, at the end of the service, come and I will show you my own experiment that I tried. Amen. So, so this wisdom is not of this world. Hallelujah. It is not something that you understand. But God is showing us his way to prosperity. God is showing us his way to prosperity. And you need that wisdom that is from God. You need that wisdom that is not from here. You need the wisdom of God to move forward, to prosper. Hallelujah. You need the wisdom of God to increase. You need the wisdom of God. And you cannot analyze this wisdom with your own understanding and make, let it make sense to you. It will not make sense to you. Hallelujah. It will not make sense to you. You have to walk in faith. Hallelujah. I say you have to walk in faith. And you have to believe. Amen. You have to believe. Hallelujah. You see, one time in the Bible, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to raise up certain young men. He wanted them to be fed and be taught, sit in classroom, be taught and be fed, and become very wise and look very healthy, healthy looking to appear before the king. And so he looked through his territory and all the countries that he reigned over, and he selected certain young men. And amongst them were certain Jewish boys also that he selected. And so he gave them to his overseer to feed them. Hallelujah. He gave them to overseer, his Melsa, who was to be their overseer to feed them, ensure that they are taught well, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, let me read this to you in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter 1. Daniel, chapter 1. Okay, so, verse 9, the Bible says, Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. 
And this prince of the eunuchs was the one that was taking care of them. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. Do you see? The king has appointed the kind of meat and the kind of drink that you have to have. He says, I fear. And Daniel and his friends were pleading with him that we will not eat the meat that is from the king. Or drink the drink that is from the king. But let us eat what our God prescribes for us. So he says, but I fear that my Lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Do you see? So they have selected all these young men, and they are feeding them, and they are teaching them, and Daniel and his four other friends, they did not want to, they did not want to eat the king's food. So he said to them, I am afraid that the king is going to find you looking so lean because they were eating very rich food and rich wine. And he says, at the end, when the king calls for all of you to appear before him, you are not going to have a liking. Your, your faces will have a worse liking. You will not look good before the king. And then he says, then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. You are going to make the king kill me for not feeding you well. Then said Daniel to Melsa, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove thy servants. I beseech you. He says, prove thy servants. Give us a chance. I beseech thee. Ten days. Just give us ten days. And let them give us pulse. He says, let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. That's all. We just want to wait on our Lord. We're just going to take pulse and water. Then let our continence, let our looks be looked upon before thee. And the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. He says, give us just ten days. We are just going to stay on pulse and water. And at the ten days, you just assess us. Just take a look at us. And compare us to the other children who are being fed by the king's food and drink. And then you make a decision. At that time, you can do whatever you want. You can overfeed us with anything that you want. So he says, So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer, fatter in flesh, than all the children who did eat the portion of the king's meat. I tell you, you see, I said, do not walk by what you see. You see, I believe Daniel may have, Daniel and his three friends may have walked by the dining hall and they will see the food set up. They will see the food set up on the dining table and one person, only one person's food and drinks. Do you see? And they will look as they are 
nipping on their paws and drinking water. And they'll pass by. But at the end of the 10 days, they say they compare them to these other children. And at the end of the 10 days, their countenance, their looks appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus, Melsa took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pots. There must be a difference. You will return and you will see a difference. You will come and you will see a difference. We cannot be the same. We cannot serve God and be the same as the people of the world. He says, and then he says, verse, look at this. He says, if you go down to, where were we reading? Verse 16. He says, thus Melsa took away the portion of their meat and the wine and, they, and that they should drink and, and give them pots. He took the meat and the wine away. Throw this thing away. You see, when your eyes are open, when you see the light, you will throw these things away. You will throw these worldly things away. And the Bible says, verse 17, it says, as for these four children, as for these four children, say to your neighbor, as for these four children. It says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king has said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. But the Bible says, as for these four children... As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. May the Lord give you knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. If you are a student, may the Lord give you knowledge in all learning and wisdom. If you are pursuing a career, may the Lord give you knowledge in all learning and wisdom. He says, ask for these four children. Ask for these four children. Ask for these four children. God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And verse 19, he says, and the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in his realm. He says, the king found them ten times better. Ten times better than all the astrologers who have gone to school to study stars and the moon. Who have studied difficult things. Hallelujah. He says they were ten times better than the magicians who were in the kingdom. 
Hallelujah. You see, I say it takes the wisdom, that wisdom of God. Prosperity, it does not come by your hard work. He says, they, when they appear before the king, they commune, the king commune with them. And among them, they were all found ten times better. May your bosses find you ten times better than your colleagues. As, as you serve God, you appear before your bosses with your reports, with your work, with your assignment, with your speech, with your presentation. And may your bosses find you ten times better than your colleagues. As you serve the Lord. As you serve the Lord. As you serve the Lord. Anything that you are doing. You say you are a home health aide. Agencies, they will find you ten times better than all the other home health aid. He said, what is home health aid? Anybody can do it. Anybody can clean this. Anybody can do this. But for you, as for these four children, as for you, may your bosses, may the agencies, may your supervisors, may they find you ten times better. That is why you prosper. And not because of the certificate that you went to learn to acquire. That is what sets you apart. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So we do not walk by sight. We do not walk by what we see. We do not walk by what we can touch and feel. Amen. Say the Lord found them ten times better. God will give you wisdom. I say God will give you knowledge. God will give you skill. And you will become ten times better than your colleagues. Amen. Last week we read a scripture that showed us that the riches in the world, they are hidden. And you cannot get to these riches if the Lord does not lead you. If the Lord does not guide you. Isn't that so? We say we cannot, we cannot, we cannot see these riches. Because God loves to have your heart. Hallelujah. I say God loves to have your what? Your heart. And God wants you closer to himself. And so the riches, they are in places where if you want the riches, if you really want to see the riches, you're going to have to go through God. Amen. So we read a scripture in Isaiah chapter 45. Let us just read that scripture again before we continue. Isaiah chapter 45. And it says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding to subdue nations. Isaiah 45, verse 2. Let's go to verse 2. Verse 2. It says, I will go before thee. This is the Lord speaking. He says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I want you to really pay attention because I am describing to you the path to riches. How you can get to riches. I am describing to you the path, how you can negotiate to enter into riches. And God is saying, this is how I will lead you to the riches. 
You see, because riches, you cannot find them anywhere. You cannot find riches. The things that are really wealthy, the things that are really wealthy, you cannot just find them anywhere. True or not true? Gold is somewhere that we have to dig before we can find it. Oil can be around you. You can never find it unless you dig and it reveals. And that even, it has to be revealed to you that there's oil in the land. Amen. I was telling you last week that there's a, there, there's a certain countries that oil was in their land for centuries and they were starving. Oil in the land. Riches in the land. And they are starving because they were worshiping stones. When people were serving the God of Israel, they were pouring libation. Do you understand? Yeah. He says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass. Look at that. There are crooked places. And then when you go through the crooked places, he says, I will break in pieces the gates of brass. There is gates of brass. And then he says, and cut in ascender the bars of iron. When you go through the gates of brass, you also come before bars of iron. What do bars of iron, what do they use them for? To protect you from getting to a certain place. He says, and I will give thee, you see, when you go through, he says, I will lead you through this path. And then when you go through this path, then he says, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness. When you go through the path, now you come to the treasures, but even that treasure is in darkness. And you can see it. He says, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that is the reason why the riches is hidden like that. That thou mayest know that I the Lord which called thee by name am God of Israel. I'm God of Israel. That is why the riches are located in this place. And so for someone to just come to you, you don't want to know the God of Israel, but you, somebody come to you and say, receive it. You are having buildings, you are having cars, you are having, your bank account is getting full, and you don't want to know the God of Israel. That is not the fact, that is not true. You will never come to riches. Because even when you go through the crooked places, and go through the gates of brass, and go through the bars of iron, you still need that word of God that shines light in your path. He says that, and my word shall be a lamp unto your feet, and it shall be a light unto your path, that you can walk and find these riches. Because the riches, they are in darkness. Hallelujah. They are in darkness. And you see, a lot of people don't want to go through this path. And you see, if you don't want to acknowledge the God of Israel, and you are managing to go through the path to get the riches, they call you a thief. You are finding an illegal entry. Hallelujah. And so we, we started talking about what it means to rob God. Hallelujah. What it means to rob God. Isn't that so? And we read a scripture in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. This is the famous scripture 
on tithing. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Will someone steal from God? You know, and it's not just stealing. This is robbing. You are not hiding to take. Stealing has some hiding secret thing to do with it. But robbing is like, I'm taking it from you, and you, are, can, you can see that I'm taking it from you. Because I am armed with certain things. So he says, will a man rob God? He said, God is asking, do you, can you imagine that someone in his right mind, someone who is normal, rob God? Will a man rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. You have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes and offerings. God is saying, we have robbed him in tithes and in offerings. We have robbed God in tithes and in offerings. Hallelujah. When you don't pay your tithe, God is considering it as robbery. Hallelujah. When you don't pay your tithe, God is considering, God is considering you as a robber. You are an armed robber. You are armed with your hands and you are armed with your pocket, and you are armed with your pen to sign checks that do not belong to you. You are an armed robber. Hallelujah. So God says you are a robber. You are a thief. Amen. And I don't think it is safe to rob God. Hallelujah. So number one, we begin to talk about the fact that 10% of your income is the property of the Lord. Hallelujah. 10% of your income. Because he says, will a man rob God? Now, God cannot say you are robbing him if the money does not belong to him. Or if whatever it is that you earn does not belong to him. If it does not belong to him, then God cannot make proclamation. or God cannot make claim of that money and say that you have robbed him. I can never tell you you have robbed me if what you are holding is yours. True or not true? I cannot come to you and say, you have robbed me. You have robbed me and what you are holding is your iPad. And I say, ah, you have robbed me. Do you see? And you're looking at your own iPad. But God is saying, what you are holding, you have robbed him. Because it is his. It belongs to him. Amen. It belongs to him. And so he's telling you that you have robbed him. Hallelujah. You have robbed him of something that belongs to him. Amen. God can never make claim of something that does not belong to him and say you have robbed him. Hallelujah. And so the tithe belongs to the Lord. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. He says, and all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the loss. All the tithes of the land, whether the fruit, the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the loss. It belongs to the Lord. God is saying that it belongs to him. And he says, it is holy unto the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So if you take the tithe and you buy suit with a tie, you are wearing holy suit. Church robe is what you are wearing. You are actually taking out church robe that we're supposed to place in the church and sing. That is what you are using around. Amen. If you take the tithe and you buy a carpet in your house, you have stolen God's carpet and you are putting it in your house. I don't think it's a wise thing to do. Hallelujah. All the tithe belongs to him. Amen. All the tithe belongs to him. You know, and there are some people who have a whole lot of reasons why they do not pay tithe. If God is saying that the tithe belongs to him, then once the tithe belongs to him, you don't tell God how to use his tithe, how to use his money. Amen. One day somebody went to visit his pastor. He, he actually had gone shopping. He went to, he went to do some food shopping. And he wanted to buy certain things, but they were so expensive. He had appetite for certain meals, and they were so expensive, the place where he went. And so on his way back, he decided to visit his pastor. Disappointment and misery. And when he went to his pastor's house, <laughs> his, pastor, his pastor's wife was making soup. And the soup was on the stove. And the soup was boiling. And the man saw the meat that was rolling in the soup. The type of meat in the soup and the type of, I mean, the man, the smell in the house. And, and these were the type of meat that he wanted to buy, but he could not afford. So as soon as he got into the house, he stopped by the kitchen and stood there for a while. And he says, I'll see you again. And then he walked away. And he says, that's all. I'm not paying tight again. What a fool. He says, I am paying tight and the pastor is enjoying soup with my tight. I will not pay tight again. But you see, when you give the tight, when you give tight to the Lord, the tight belongs to the Lord. It is the Lord's property. And just as nobody comes to tell you what to do with your money, you don't tell God what to do with his tithe. And if there is some pastor, if there is a pastor, by the grace of God, may such a pastor never appear in Lighthouse Chapel International. Now, in Lighthouse Chapel International, you will not even have the opportunity to even do that. As I'm standing here, for the years that I've been in the church, I have never seen money in the church before. My eyes like this. I don't know how much the, ta- the, the, the church makes in a month or a church service, if how much people have paid, how much. All I'm interested in is the people who are closer, the people who are working leadership position, I just want to make sure that they pay their tithe. And I'll explain to you as we are sharing the message. Why? Hallelujah. Because you see, if you don't pay your tithe, it means that your heart is not with God. Your heart is not with the church. And I cannot work with you if you are an arm robber. You are a thief. I cannot assign any serious leadership position to you. 
So you are there like that. You, I cannot bring you closer. Because you, it's dangerous to my ministry to put you in the ministry of thieves. You know, I cannot, I, I cannot take that risk. You know, I can easily invite you to my house and by the time I realize, because if you are not afraid to steal from God, then you can easily steal from me. True or not true? Yeah. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. They belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. They belong to the Lord. So he said, the tithe belongs to him. Hallelujah. And you ought to pay your tithe. And don't worry about what is done to the tithe. If any person, any person, any person, whether it's a man of God, a treasurer, whether it's a church member who is stealing the tithe or somebody who has been given certain work to do for the church and is misusing the money, leave God to deal with someone who mishandles his money. As for you, your responsibility is to give to the Lord what belongs to him. Hallelujah. And so tell all your friends, look, you in this church, you are being blessed, I'm telling you. You are being delivered from these wicked thoughts. Tell your friends who are in other churches who do not pay tight and because they look at the car that the pastor is driving and they say, I'm not paying tight for the car. The pastor is driving a nice car. I'm not pay-. Tell them that leave the Lord to deal with the pastor. It is not your business. David says that I do not exercise myself in matters that are too high for me. Too high for me. I don't deal with God and his finances. Let him deal with that. My portion is to give to him what he says it is his. So that I don't want to hold anything that belongs to God. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There are some people who also don't pay their tithe and they give big offerings. You see, your tithe is a thousand dollars and it, it pains you. It, you feel pain. Giving a thousand dollars, so when you come to church, you will give two hundred dollars as offering, and then hey, I give two hundred dollars, and then you feel good. You look, you can give offering, you can give gift to God if you're still holding His money. It's not a gift. If if we are in church, and then I I. I, this man is was not looking, or even he's holding, robbing. It's just, I take his iPad, and then he, I, he was looking for it. He couldn't find it. And then I said, he said, he called the police. He said, we are all here. Nobody has gone anywhere. So the police, as we are going out, the police will search everyone's bag. One day we'll call the police to search if you're having your tights in your pocket as you are going home. Because some of you, you come to church, and then... During the tithe, you, you look to see there are a lot of people, so then you take your tithe. We will call the capsule. So if, if, if as we are going out, because my plan was that I will come back and dash this to this man so that he'll be surprised. Oh, my iPad. You know? And the police search and find this iPad with me. Are they not going to arrest me? So or even if they don't arrest me and I manage to escape, and then I come back the next week and I say, 
I have a, I know, I heard you lost your iPad. I have a gift for you. Here. Is that a gift? So, you cannot steal, you cannot take God's money, keep God's money, and then come and give him a gift. It does not work like that. Hallelujah. It does not work like that. Next time I'll share with you why some people don't prosper from the, the tithe. Hallelujah. So, number two, not paying your tithe is stealing God's property. Not paying your tithe is stealing God's property. He says, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? Wherein have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes and in offerings. In tithes and in offerings. In tithes and in offerings. You may have stolen from certain people before. You may have stolen from small people. You may have stolen from your boss at work. You may, you know, some of you, you steal a lot of things. You know, and you get away with it. Some of you, 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 have, you have staples at home. Staples. Office, office, office goods. Stationery. You have never been to staples, but you own staples in your own house. You have, you have a stapler. You have paper clips. You have rubber bands. You have, you have um, copy, copy sheets. Um, you have bands of copy. You have everything in your house. But you have never been to the bookstore to buy these things. You have pens. A lot of pens. You own staples. If, if we come to your house, we can find anything. Hallelujah. Stealing is not good. Amen. Some of you, you, some of you, you clean certain places like hospitals and hotels and all the supplies. If we come to your house, all the supplies are in your house. Hospital supply. Some of you, when we go to your bathroom, the soap, there is the hospital soap. And, 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 and these things, they don't sell them to individuals. So where did you get them from? You have the hospital towels. <laughs> the, the towel that you are in your bathroom, they've written hospital. <laughs> hospital. Your, your bed sheets, they are all hospital. Hospital. One day, one day, one of our, one of our doctors, one of our doctors went on a cruise. And he said that when they were on the cruise, I think the cruise was passing by some beach and some certain village. <laughs> and the villagers, they have hung clothes that they have washed. And all the clothes, hospital. You know, white sheets, hospital. Towels, hospital. Pillowcases, hospital. And then they have gowns, hospital gowns. You know, the patient gowns. That is what they use for pajamas. And all the place. You see, some of you, when you say you are shipping things to your, you are, you, are, you, are, you are shipping things to your family members. You say, I am shipping these things to my family members. You are shipping things from your job place. Your grandmother needs diapers. Your grandmother needs diapers. And 
The old lady that you are taking care of, you have taken all her diapers. When her children come, they say, what happened to the diapers? He said, she had diarrhea all week. Blue chalks. I don't, I don't see them individually when I go to Costco or when I... But you buy... You have blue chalk in your container that you are shipping to your relatives. It's not good to steal. It's not good to steal. Hallelujah. Steal everything. Perhaps you have stolen from your job and nothing happened to you. You've stolen from small people, nothing happened to you. But stealing from God is not an easy thing. You seem to be going about stealing and nothing has happened to you. But be careful not to steal from God. Number three, it says the Bible admonishes thieves not to steal anymore. The Bible admonishes thieves not to steal anymore. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. He says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, and that he may have to give him that needed. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. So quit stealing. Do not steal anymore. As you are born again, he says, we have not so learned of Christ. If you read the preceding scriptures, he says that the Gentiles, this is what they were doing. But we have not so learned of Christ. But if any man be in Christ, let him. He says, if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ now, he says that everything that was before you, your stealing, your robbing, everything now is passed away. It, we have put them behind us. You need to work with your hands. The thing that is good. And God expects that you do a good job. Find a job that is good. Hallelujah. Certain jobs are not good. Amen. I say certain jobs, they are not good. Certain jobs, they take you away from God. Certain jobs, he says, and do something. Say, do work. That is good. The thing that is good. Certain jobs, they destroy your own marriage. Hallelujah. Sometimes you're going on a job, or sometimes you are on a job, and there is a woman on the job. There's a woman on a job, and the way she's relating to you, you know it's going to destroy your marriage. And you need to leave. You need to leave that job. I say you need to leave that job. Amen. Certain jobs are not good. Certain jobs you are taking care of, a man who is a little disabled in one way or the other. And every time he's demanding sex from you. And you don't want to lose the job. So you are still going every day. It's not a good job. It's not a good job. Hallelujah. It's not a good job. That kind of money, don't bring it. It's not a good job. Some, some, there are certain type of money. Some, some of you... <laughs> some of you too... You are doing this job, nice job, but on the side. So the man asks for certain things, and then you do so. He pays you extra. It's not a good job. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's not a good job. Hallelujah. It says, 
He says, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. So even as you get a job, you have to also take a job that you also can have ability to give to someone who needs also. So don't look for a job that can pay your rent and take care of your children and this one and that and your car loan and your school loan. And you say, oh, if I, they pay me this much, I'll be okay. Not worrying about others. You see, but let that mind be in you that even as you are looking for a job, you want a job that you can care for others. You have relatives outside of this place that you can also help them. Amen. Don't care about yourself alone. Number four, it says, there will be no thieves in heaven. There will be no thieves in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Hallelujah. If you are, if you are not paying your tithe, God classifies you as a thief, a robber. And could it be that your tithe, you not paying your tithe, withholding your tithe can prevent you from going to heaven? Because you are a thief. You are a thief. And the Bible says that no thief will be allowed in heaven. The Bible will not allow anyone in heaven to come with opportunity to steal. Because heaven, we don't have to hide the diamond and the gold. They are not hidden. You see, and we can't afford to have you, you know, you, <laughs> you know, I will have some beautiful gold decoration in front of my house. And then when you pass my, my house, my mansion is, I will, God cannot allow you to come like that. There are no thieves in heaven. Hallelujah. So not paying your tithe can keep you out of heaven. Number five, stealing the tithe destroys your relationship with God. Stealing the tithe will destroy your relationship with God. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 2. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 2. I read it from the New American Standard Version. It says, listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. Listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. God has a case against you. Because there is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. And he says there is swearing, deception, murder, stealing, and adultery. Hallelujah. Because you are stealing your tithe, God has a case against you. Any type of stealing destroys relationship. Hallelujah. When someone steals, it destroys the relationship that the society has with him. So usually, when someone steals, the society makes a decision and says, we cannot relate with you. You are antisocial. We cannot live normally with you. We cannot afford to have you around. So they put you in jail. They put you in prison. Hallelujah. Now some of you go down on your knees and you are praying. Could it be that spiritually you are praying from jail? 
you are praying from spiritual prison. You are in prison. God has actually put you in prison because you have stolen his tithe. Because that is where that is where thieves belong. Isn't that so? Yes. That is where thieves belong. If you steal, you'll be put in jail. You'll go to prison. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to someone? It, it destroys relationship. When someone steals from you, it just destroys the relationship that you have with that person. When you have servants and they begin to steal from you, you it destroys the relationship. You want to get rid of them. Amen. That is why I say, if anyone is misusing God's tithe, stealing God's tithe, you just leave that person alone. Let God deal with him. That person is destroying his relationship with God. Amen. Number six, stealing the tithe will cause your demotion. Stealing the tithe will cause your demotion. Let's go to the book of Amos. Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3 and verse 10. Can we read up on the New Living Translation, please? Amos chapter 3 and verse 10. Stealing the tithe will cause your demotion. Stealing the tithe will cause your demotion. He says, my people have forgotten how to do right, says the Lord. Their fortresses are filled with wealth taken by theft and violence. Do you see? Your fortresses, your apartment is filled by wealth taken by theft and violence. Your, your flat screen TV is taken, is taken by theft and violence. Your leather chairs, they are all theft and, and, and violence. You have stolen and you have bought leather chairs. You have stolen and you have bought a king-sized bed. You have stolen and you have bought comfortable pillows. Hallelujah. It says, therefore, says the sovereign Lord, an enemy is coming. Mercy on you. Look, if you have stolen, just ask God for forgiveness and steal no more. He says, let him that stole, steal no more. He says, therefore, says the sovereign Lord, an enemy is coming. He will surround them and shatter their defenses. Then he will plunder all their fortresses. He will bring them down. He will demote them. He will plunder all their fortresses. Verse 12, he says, that is what the Lord says. I, he says, a shepherd, listen, <laughs> mercy. He says, this is what the Lord says. A shepherd who tries to rescue a sheep from a lion's mouth will recover only two legs or a piece of his ear. You see, you see, listen, this is serious. You know, sometimes you have issues and then you come, pastor, pray for me. Pastor, this issue... Pray for me. It says, a shepherd who tries to deliver you. A shepherd who tries to pray for you. You have come with your issues. You have stolen from God. It says, let not any shepherd try to deliver you. Because what is going to come in a shepherd's hand, when he's done with the prayers, are your two feet. (laughs) Your two legs. Because the, the enemy, you see, 
The lion can take you like this and your feet is taken out. You know, sometimes your feet taking you places where you don't know. You know, the enemy has taken you in and your feet is outside. Do you see? That is the only thing the shepherd can recover for you and bring you back to church, maybe. <laughs> so, you see, certain prayers don't work for you. Certain prayers, we can pour oil on you, lay hands on you, do everything, turn you and drag you. <laughs> Listen, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. You are just falling. Nothing is happening. I'm telling you. Nothing is happening. You say, I feel it. I feel the anointing. I feel, oh, when the man of God touched me, I feel nothing is happening. Your feet, your feet is testing. It is your feet that you're feeling something. That's all. Oh, I am teaching you something. Look, I said that I didn't come to teach you to teach you. Receive. Take it one, take it two. I am teaching you the path to prosperity. I am teaching you God's principles to prosperity. Yes, that is what I'm teaching you. I didn't come to falsify hopes for you and give you false hopes whilst you are stealing from God. He says, Pastor, stop the prayers because all you are doing is just wiggling his feet. And that is what is going to come in your hand. And if the lion take you by the feet, then your head is taken out. I can't even get your head out. Only your ear. I will just take it out like this. I say, brother, this is what is left of you. Sister, this is what is left of you. So some of you, you are looking for a husband. The thing that the people are seeing is just your ear. It's not, who is going to marry an ear? Pastor has prayed for you, lay hands on you. As the men are walking around, they are looking. They look, ear, ear, ear. Where are the women? Ear. Only earring, earring. Earring, earring. He said, Pastor, pray for me. It's not working. He said, I will leave the church. I will go somewhere. I've been here. They have prayed. I still no husband. How are you going to get a husband if only your ear is sticking out? The lion has swallowed you. And as the pastor prays for you, he looks in his hand. (laughs) Ear. So it will be for the Israelites in Samaria lying on their luxurious beds. Let me tell you, you are lying on your bed. Luxurious bed, Macy's, $2,300.95, and you are paying in installment. Using God, you are, not even, you are not even paid it. Every week, you are taking God's money. You, week by week, you are stealing from God, and then you lie on your luxurious bed. Says your feet. Sit in your ladder couch. Look at that. Listen. I'm, I, I'm sharing the word of God. I am, I am just reading the scriptures. I'm just reading the scriptures. It says, lying on your luxurious bed. And for the people of Damascus, reclining in your couches. Leather couch. Nice leather couch. From Bloomingdale's. With, 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 with pinheads. Nice. 
nice golden pinheads at your leather. And then when we come to your house, wow, wow, wow. Not knowing that only your ear is in the house. No wonder some of you, no wonder some of you, see, your wife does not pay tight and you are okay with that. You see, and her legs, oh, she has her legs. She doesn't have eyes. So she's going to places, hey, I told you, don't go there anymore. Don't go. She doesn't even know where she's going because only her legs are left. Yeah. Only her legs are left. She's a thief and a robber. Amen. And some of you, your husband does not pay tight and you are okay with it. Did the Bible say your ears? So some of you, sometimes, if your husband doesn't pay tight, you should learn to see which ear is left. Because a lot of times you are talking, he can't hear you. You say, we have communication problem in the house. It's the tight. Your, his only ear is that is left. Every time you are staying here, talking, talking, he doesn't hear you. One ear, that is what is left. Am I preaching to somebody? Listen, it's dangerous to see from God. And I always tell you, the people who pay tight, you ask them properly. If they will, they'll be honest with you. They never lack. I am telling you, they never lack. The people who pay tight, they never lack. Look, your difficulty, your financial difficulty, all your financial difficulty is stems from your inability to be fair and honest with God with your time. I'm telling you, and you cannot be wiser than God. He says, as for these four children, as for these four children, God gave them wisdom and knowledge and skill in all matters. As for these four children, the wisdom of God. Your husband has no wisdom. No wisdom. You can't reason with him. You say, ah. Sometimes you look at him and say, ah, how come he doesn't understand? You know, what, what is wrong with him? You see, you see ah, this is a simple matter. How come he doesn't understand? There is no wisdom. Because wisdom, real wisdom, it comes from God. And he doesn't pay tithe. How can he be, how can he be wise? How can you reason with him? Pray for them that they will change and they start being faithful with their tithe. And you see how you can reason with them. That is why some women can say, ask for my husband. Oh, oh, what a wise man. What a wise man. What a wise man. Ask for my wife. What a wise woman. What a wise woman. He said, ask for these four children. Ask for these four children. God give them wisdom. God give them wisdom and knowledge and skill in all matters. In all matters. Let's finish. Hallelujah. So he says, verse 13. He says, now listen to this and announce it throughout all Israel, says the Lord, the Lord God of heaven's armies. Verse 14. On the very day I punish Israel for its sins, I will destroy the pagan altars at Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and fall to the ground. And I will destroy the beautiful homes of the wealthy their winter mansions and their summer houses too. All their palaces filled with ivory, says the Lord. 
God will destroy your home for stealing from him. Withholding the tithe from him, God will destroy your home. That is why you don't see peace in your home. God is just confusion in your home. Confusion in your marriage. Confusion amongst your children. You can't say anything for your children to understand, to do. But you seem to have everything. You seem to have flat screen TV. You seem to have, what do you call that? Refrigerator with two doors. With a water fountain. You seem to have microwave with steel something. You seem to have everything. Dishwasher. You seem to have, why are they not happy? Why are they not happy? Let me tell you, a lot of times you see these mansions. You see rich people. Beautiful lawn. Nice manicure lawns. Beautiful homes. Well decorated. Stone in the front. Everything. You see them like that. You say, God has destroyed their homes. God has destroyed their homes. It's not a home. It's no home. It's not a home. You see them like that. There's no home. God has destroyed the homes. Hallelujah. Says, I will destroy the homes. Go back. I will destroy, I will destroy the beautiful homes. They are beautiful and wealthy. But I will destroy them. They are winter mansions. They say, we're going to the Hamptons for vacation. There's no home. There's no joy. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. You cannot steal from God and have peace. You cannot steal from God and have joy. He says, there are winter mansions and there are summer houses too. That means that they are living here. If they go on vacation anywhere, they say, we have a home in Paris. We have a beautiful apartment in Paris. They are not happy. It's destroyed. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Do not steal from God. Do not steal from God. Do not steal from God. Listen, if you are a young woman, you are looking for a husband, don't, don't marry someone who does not pay tithe. Do not marry someone who, listen, I'm your pastor. I am telling you, do not marry someone who does not pay tithe. Amen. Look, if I, if I steal, if I steal, if I steal a Mercedes Benz and you're sitting with me and the police are looking for me, and they, they come to a place where the police stop checking, checking, and they pull me over. And you are sitting with me, you are enjoying my car, your feet on the dashboard, and you are doing your nails, and you are doing your makeup, and the police stop me. Are they going to arrest me alone or both of us? So if you are marrying a man who is stealing from God, and God comes after you, he will get you also. The home, when it's destroyed, it's destroyed for all of you. True or not true? I will not, I will not walk with a woman whose shoes are God's money. You are wearing, you are wearing God's money. Your, 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 your shoes, you bought them with God's money. I will not come to your house or I'm, I'm going out with you. We are going out to a wedding and you are wearing choir robe. You are wearing the robe that is supposed to be in the church. You have used the money. He says, you have used the money to buy a beautiful gown. I'm not going to work with you. Some of you women, when you are having a wedding, you don't pay your tithe. And you are wearing your wedding gown. I will not marry any woman who comes with a wedding gown that is stolen. Stolen wedding gown. On day one of our marriage, we are coming before God. You are not afraid. You are wearing a gown that you have stolen. 
I will not marry you. I say, I will not marry you. Amen. Look, God deals with stealing very seriously. God deals with stealing very seriously. Your makeup, you're stolen. You see, no wonder, no wonder, you see, you have, ten, you have changed your makeup 15 times. Nobody's looking at you. Because stolen makeups, stolen. Stolen. You tried Bobby Brown. You tried Mary Kay. You tried Lancome Paris. You, what else? You tried Clinique. What else? Mac. You tried Mac. It didn't work. Maybelline. You tried. It didn't work. You tried Kaji Kaji. You come local. Local. Now you have come local. You have tried all sorts. You have tried Brazilian hair. You have tried Peru hair. You have tried Chinese hair. You have tried all of them. Stolen money, stolen goods. Your whole being is a stolen goods. Now you have gone natural. Natural. <laughs> because nothing is working. You have come back to natural. <laughs> you say, the thing we are tired. We are tired. <laughs> we are tired. Let's just try the natural one and see. It's not working. It's not working. One day I saw a woman, Duku. You know what is Duku? Hey! Still not working. Mercy on you. Nothing like that is working. Don't marry any woman who steals. And don't live with them. Listen, beg. Pray for them. Pray for your... You see, these things are spiritual things. Have you not realized, have you not realized how easy it is for you to part with money on other things? But when it comes to church and tithe, it's so difficult for you. Look, right now, if the mechanic says, this thing is going to cost you $800, you will easily find $800 to pay for it. But when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to... It's so difficult. It's so difficult. You see, people giving offering one, one, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar. But you go and you stand you, if, before McDonald's and then you ask your friend, would you, you, and your friend is standing there and he said, well, you don't want to get anything. He said, I'll take care of you. Eleven dollars. You pay for it easily. But when you are in the church, so difficult. Eleven dollars is a lot of money for you. It's a lot of money. You go to Macy's, you can easily swipe your card and pay something that you don't even need. It's a spiritual thing, and you need to pray about that. Hallelujah. Can I share some more with you? Withholding the tithe robs the church of its ability. We're almost done, so let me just finish this. Withholding the tithe robs the church of its ability to function. Hallelujah. Withholding the tithe robs the church of its ability to function. Amen. You rob the church from its ability to function. You see, you, see, you live in a country, you live in a country and you live in a land, and you realize that you work, but the government takes certain money from you. You work and you have earned your money, but the government has to take certain money from you. 
and it deducts every time you get a check, you get a paycheck, it deducts from you. It takes from you. Because the, con- the country has to, the government has to make certain provisions for you. The government has to make sh- street lights for you. Do you see? The go- because if the government was to leave the street lights to you and say, you can choose to say, no, I will not pay taxes. I will just, the path that I walk to work, I will buy my own <laughs> street light. You see, I will buy my own street The government cannot leave you without option. Because if that option is left for you, you walk in darkness. And you get hurt. True or not true? The government has to make highways. Highways for you. Nice highways. And sometimes trees are coming over the street. The government has to cut them so they don't fall on you or fall on your car. So the government takes that money from you. And he has to make that provision for you. The government has to make sure that your children go to school. So the government has to build schools for you and take taxes from you to build schools for you. Because some of you, if they were to leave the school, your children's school alone in your hands and say, you buy, you say, oh, you even school, you don't need it. Just some man will marry you and then you'll be okay. You see, but the government has to implement these things. The government cannot leave these things in your hands. Do you see? And so God is also saying, God is also saying, he says, Bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse. Bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse. That there will be meat, meat in my house. There will be meat for my children. My, the children of God will have meat in the house. Hallelujah. Because you see, there are certain things that the government can never do for you. The government can provide the highways. You see, you can choose to say that, oh, I don't need the police. I, the, I, don't, I, I, will, I will use my taxes and... Some of you, you have like four locks at your apartment. You lock them, and then you put a bar behind your door, and you say, I don't need a police. But the government has to force to put police around the streets to protect your building. Do you see? And the government has to put police on the highways to control people who are driving over speed, people who will cross the red light and stop lights and things like that. You cannot make that option. You can't choose and say, I will stop. When I get there, I will stop. You don't need to take taxes from me. And you can't do that. So the government has to make sure that you get all of these things. Do you see? But you see, the government cannot, the government, as much as the government can provide cops on the road to protect you and keep you from overspeeding and things like that, it is God, it is God who will keep you from slipping and sweeping off the road. It is God who will prevent the drunken driver from driving and swimming into your road. It is God who will keep you safe to arrive and come back home. So he says, bring ye all the tithe into my storehouse, that there will be meat in my house. For he says, I saw for a man to stand in the gap. And that there will be a priest to stand in. There will be a priest in the house. We will teach people to intercede on your behalf. We will teach people to teach you the word of God. Bring ye all the tithe into my house that there will be meat in my house. And I will provide for you. I will care for you. I will make sure that sicknesses escape you. I will make sure that sicknesses are not in your homes. Yes, the government can provide hospitals, but the Lord will prevent you even from going to the hospital. And so God needs to maintain his house. That There will be always meat in his house. That we will always have a church. 
you think we have this place for free? We don't. We have to pay for this place. The speakers, they break every now and then when it falls and the microphones, they break. And we buy new ones. Amen. That there will be meat in my house. There are certain things that you can provide for yourself. Hallelujah. When I, I, have, I have driven on the highway asleep before. I, I, I can tell you that for some time I was driving and I was sleeping. I, I woke up. And then I was going straight. Sometimes you're driving and then she's supposed to keep me company. And then she's supposed to watch me and then she's sleeping. And then I'm all, hey, are you sleeping? I say, am I sleeping? You are sleeping. (laughs) It's the Lord who protects us to go and we come. He says, I'll give you angels charge over thee. In your going out and your coming in. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. The same highway that you have driven, other people drove, they never got home. The same highway. It's the Lord who protects your children. Do you think that your, your children are listening to messages that we are preaching and we are sharing and it's blessing them on campuses and it's protecting them, delivering them. Some of you, your children have gone far in school because of the church. Let them compare themselves to your, their classmates. You realize there's no God in them. And they are on campuses, smoking cigarettes, drinking. The other day, I was driving by New Paul's, the university. I was coming, and I saw all these young people. They're about 18, 19, and they're all smoking with drink, alcohol. And I said, may the Lord have mercy on us. He said that there will be meat in my house. There will be meat in my house. Hallelujah. And if you don't pay your tithe, you deprive the church. We cannot have more churches. If you don't pay your tithe, we cannot have more churches where you are taught, where you are taught the word of God. Hallelujah. When You see, you pay your taxes, okay. But when you are in crisis, when your, when your husband is troubling you, you don't go to the government for the government to talk to you. When you are down and broken, when you are crying in the night, you don't pick up and say, I pay my taxes, so I need someone to cancel me right now. You call your pastor. You call your pastor. That there'll be meat in my house. That there'll be pastors in the house who can cancel my people, who can teach them my word, who can show them my way. That there'll be meat in my house. Hallelujah. It is God who protects you. It is God who, look, you are not paying your tithe. If God decides that he will take his air from you, that you cannot breathe, you will not pay your tithe. Okay, I don't, you can take care of yourself. Eh? You don't pay your tithe. And God takes that air from you. You realize that you'll be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I know people who cannot travel because they need oxygen 24-7. And no tank can take you from here to China. You know, it will be finished. It will be finished. Hallelujah. We have to put extra tanks on the airplane for you. Somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Your heart is beating every day. You know, I've not seen any machine, any machine that has been made that works nonstop, 24-7, nonstop, beating nonstop for all the years that you have lived. It has never taken a break. It has never need maintenance. But someone is maintaining that heart. 
Someone is watching over that heart. Someone is making sure that that heart stays working. Someone is ensuring that that heart is nourished all the time. He says, bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse. He says, bring that is mine, that which is mine. It is the Lord's. And so he puts his hand on it. Just as the government takes the money before you get it. God wants it from you. But he wants your heart. So it's in your hand to bring to him. He wants your heart. Let the Lord shut your kidneys right now. You will see how much it will cost you. Your tithe cannot afford. Your tithe cannot afford your kidney. Do you know how much it costs to have kidney transplant? When they were doing the analysis, when we ran through certain organs, we were like millionaires standing around here. You are a millionaire standing, sitting right there. Amen. Amen. If one blood, small, tiny blood vessel behind your eye were to go off, or a nerve were to be ischemic, dry, and go off, you lose your sight. God is making sure. You don't even know how your eye works. You see, and then you just open your eyes and you see. You see, and God is saying, bring ye the tithe that I will keep you. I will maintain you. Hallelujah. Bring ye the tithe. Your body organs are being maintained. That there will be meat in the house of God. Hallelujah. And the last one, stealing brings the wrath of God upon you. Stealing brings the wrath of God upon you. It says, the people of the land, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in a gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore, I have poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Because the people have exercised robbery. Hallelujah. The people have exercised robbery. The wrath of God will come upon you when you exercise robbery, when you steal from God. He will bring wrath. When people steal, people get very angry. Their wrath come upon them. When somebody steals from you, their wrath, you know, there are certain places when you steal and they catch you, they'll kill you. They will beat you until you die. Because, you see, stealing, it, it, it brings anger. Something that somebody has worked for, something that somebody possesses, somebody owns, and you steal from them. It brings anger. Some of you, you steal and it brings curses upon you. Amen. Some women, they steal other people's husbands. You steal other people's husbands. It will never be well with you. How can you steal somebody's husband? You say, you say that, that, that she doesn't treat him well. She doesn't treat him right. Show me one woman who has taken somebody's husband and they are okay. It has been well with them. Stealing will bring wrath. Amen. I say stealing will bring wrath. Do your makeup, wear your short skirts, and you're stealing people's husband. Exposing your breast and stealing people's husband. Shaking your bottles and stealing people's husband. It will never be well with you. I say it will never be well with you. Oh, yes. You say, 
Is it, you know, he doesn't cook for him. You know, he doesn't cook. So you are cooking for him. And then you say, but pastor, it's not me. It's not me. You know, the man is bad. It's not me. Who is it? Who is it? It's not you. Who is it? It will bring wrath. It will bring anger. It will bring a curse upon you. Hallelujah. Don't steal someone's husband. Amen. Don't steal someone's husband. Amen. I want to read the last scripture with you. Joshua chapter 22. Joshua chapter 22 and verse 20. Joshua 22 verse 20. New living. Okay, let's read that. It says, did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? It said, did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? And wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel. Do you see? One person commits a crime, a trespass in the accursing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel, and that man perished not alone in his iniquity. You see, that is why we are teaching you these things. Because, you see, you are stealing from God. Sometimes it brings wrath upon us. We are in a group, and we are doing something together. We are building the ministry together. But you are a thief, and you are bringing wrath upon us. You are destroying all of us. Hallelujah. Give me the New Living Translation so you understand what is a cursed thing. A cursed thing. You don't have it. It says, didn't divine anger. Do you know what is divine anger? That is anger from God. It says, didn't divine anger fall on the entire community of Israel when Achan, a member of the clan of Zerah, sinned by stealing the things set apart for the Lord. By stealing the things set apart for the Lord. He was not the only one who died because of his sin. So you see, pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your friends, your, your, your brothers and your sisters who do not pay tithe. Pray for them. Let the Lord reveal this great secret to them. Hallelujah. And they'll be blessed. Amen. One more scripture that David, I want everyone to have this prayer for himself. I want to show you one prayer that David um, pray, Proverbs of Solomon praying. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 7. It says, Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, number one. It says, Help me never to tell a lie. You see, when you when you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, this is my tithe, and it's not your tithe, you are telling a lie. Do you see that? You earn $500 and your tithe is $20. You are lying to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are, you are committing two crimes. You are stealing. This is the prayer that David prayed. I'm showing you something. You are committing two crimes. You are stealing and you are lying before the Lord. You are not lying before the pastor. You are not lying before any man. You are lying to the Lord to come and say, lift up your tithe. Tithe is 10%. And what you are lifting up is not 10%. So you are better off not coming. I'm telling you. You are better off not coming. Because that's the double sin. But David says, first, help me never to tell a lie. Second, 
Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Why? He says, give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Let me have just enough to satisfy my needs. Let me have contentment. Let me have bread, food, and raiment. Let me have them to satisfy my needs. And then verse 9 says, For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And that is what we do. When we get a good job, when you have a lot of money, it becomes difficult to pay your tithe. And you say, Who is the Lord? When you get a lot of money, you see, it's easy to pay your tithe when you are making 200 hours. How much is 200? How much? 10%. 20 cities. <laughs> Forgive. <laughs> Mercy. Please forgive me. That math is wrong. The tithe on 20, $200 is not 20 cities. And then when you begin to make, you see, and you are praying, God wants to promote you. And then you are faithful with your 200 a week. 200 a week, 200 a week, and the Lord promotes you a thousand. And then you say, Gee, 100. Because you, then you look at it and you say, This is half of what I used to make, and I'm going to give. Oh, who is the Lord? He said, For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal, and thus insult God's holiness. So, in order for you not to steal God's money, pray to Him. That he will give you just enough. Pray to the Lord that he will give you enough so you don't steal from him and you don't lie to him. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand onto your feet. We will continue next week when we meet. Stand onto your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Oh, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Father, help us that we will not steal from you anymore. Oh, yes, Lord. Give us just enough. Give us just enough that we may not lie to you. Enough, oh God, that we may not steal from you. I don't want to be too rich that it will be so difficult for me to be truthful with my tithe. But Lord, give me just enough enough for me to be able to handle to give to you enough of salary enough of income that i'll be comfortable with to give unto you don't give me too much that will cost me to lie to you don't give me ten thousand that will make me bring 500 to you will cost me to lie to you give me just enough oh god give me enough and do not make me too poor that i will have so much need that i may steal your time Lord, don't make me too poor. Oh, Jesus, do not make us too poor. Don't make us too poor, Lord. Do not make us too poor. Let us have enough. Let us have enough. Father, that we'll be able to afford our rent. We'll be able to afford our mortgages. We'll be able to afford to pay our cars. We'll be able to afford to pay our babysitters. Let us have enough to pay for our children's school. Let us have enough, oh, Jesus. Let us have enough that we will not steal from you. May we not be poor. May we not be poor. Let us not be poor that we will steal from you. May we not be poor, Jesus.
transformation that is coming in our lives father we thank you that you are leading us and taking us through the crooked places we thank you lord that you are taking us through the brass gates we thank you lord that you are breaking down the iron bars for us and you are causing your light to shine in our path to find the treasures that are hidden in darkness oh father to give us the wealth that is in secret places we say, Lord, you have said that you will lead us to this place. You will lead us to this place of prosperity, this place of wealth, this place of riches, so that we will know that you are the God of Israel who called us by name. We thank you, Lord. Father, it's our prayer, oh Jesus, that we shall not be too rich, that we may steal from you. Father, don't give us too much that will make it so difficult for us to be honest with our tithe. Don't give us too much that when we look at it, it is difficult for us to be honest with our tithe. We don't want to steal from you. 
We don't want to lie to you, Jesus. We don't want to come before you and say, this is yours, this is your tent, when it's not so. And it's because you have given us too much and we feel it is too much to give to you. Father, we say, give us just enough. We don't want to be liars also. We don't want to steal from you. Therefore, we ask, oh God, don't make us too poor. Don't make us poor, poor to steal from you. Poor that we can afford our rent. Poor that we can buy cars. Poor that we can afford our clothes. Father, that will compel us to steal from you. We ask, oh Jesus, we ask that, Lord, you deliver us from poverty. Deliver us from poverty. Father, poverty has come and has caused us, oh Lord, to steal from you. Father, to this afternoon, we make a declaration that we will not steal from you anymore. But Lord, help us, cause us to have enough, cause us to have enough, enough, just enough to prevent us from stealing from you. Enough to afford our children's tuition. Enough to afford our babysitting. Enough to afford to organize our weddings. Enough to give us the boldness to marry. Enough to rent our own place. Enough to buy our own homes. Father, enough to go to school. Enough to pay our tuition. Enough to afford our clothes. That we will not steal from you. Oh, Father, help us. Help us. Help us. It is not our desire to steal from you. We love you, Jesus. We want our heart to be with you. But Lord, give us enough. That we will not steal from you. We thank you Lord. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here. This. Afternoon. And you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want Jesus Christ to come into your life. If you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You don't have Christ as your savior. This is the God that leads you. The Bible says that it is he that giveth thee power to make wealth. You don't have this God. You don't have salvation. If you were to die today, you don't know where you will go. But he says that he's here to save you. He said there's a lot of room at the cross to save you. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I want to give my life to Jesus. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll say a little prayer with you. That is all it takes. If you are here, you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. You are not born again. Beloved, do not live here just the same as you came. You may not have this opportunity again. Tomorrow is not guaranteed us. Even the next hour is not guaranteed anyone. Even the next minute. We don't know what awaits us. But do not leave here with all eyes closed and every head bowed. You are here this afternoon. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Oh, there's someone here. The Lord is talking to you. You have heard this call before. You have heard this invitation before. But you say, today is my day. I want to receive Jesus. If that is you, just lift up your hand and the Lord is coming for you. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you. Anyone here like that? 
Why don't you all join as we say this prayer together and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I was born in sin. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. You died for my sins. You shed your blood for me. And I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. This afternoon, I invite you to come into my life. Take control of my life. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. From today, I will serve you. I will follow you the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.